Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Kaylor Hodges, and I'm hoping you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, this is the first of the pre-recorded episodes that I was kind of telling you guys about, and the only reason I'm kind of telling you this is because this is the Charlotte FC uh, pre-match preview, and so that means there was no El Paso post-match reactions, which means I have no idea what happened in the El Paso game, and I have no idea what happened in Charlotte's uh, match before Legion. This is coming out the Sunday before the match, so I have no idea what happened. I can't give you a breakdown on that, and if something insane happened, like a, a player gets hurt or... You know, something like that. I have no clue. So keep that all with a massive grain of salt. But before we get too far into it, I want to go ahead and thank my wonderful patrons who, you know, they helped me uh, get get a place to stay while I'm on the uh, road with uh, my wedding and stuff. So I want to go ahead and thank Ben, Clay, Dylan, Dury, Matt, Matt, Paul, Ray, Sandy, Scott, Simon, Stephen, Trent, and Trey, and Tyler. Thank you all so much for supporting me and supporting what I do. I cannot thank you enough. Now, Charlotte FC is an interesting team, right? Charlotte is not playing amazing in the league. While their table standings aren't that bad, you look at the matches they lose and they look awful. <laughs> right? And it's kind of it's kind of mental just how bad they can be. And that's not me just saying, "Oh, well, they're just horrible, they're awful, they're a bad team. They're still an MLS squad." Right? But you know, their position in the league, which in case you are wondering, they're 12th, they have 15 points, um, you know, it's not horrible, but those five losses that they have, they aren't good. It's a 3-0 to DCFC, it's a 3-1 to uh, Real Salt Lake, it's a 3-0 to Charlotte FC, it's a 3-1 to St. Louis, it's a 1-0 to New England, and it's not great, but if you want to look at their U.S. Open Cup run, they've actually had pretty decent luck. Now, don't don't look past the fact that their first match against Tormenta, they were down. They were playing against the Tormenta side, who was down to ten men, and at that point, they were only down one nil. You know that kind of is what it is. I mean. Also, to that point, they also have, you know, they played against Orlando, who they ended up playing really well against. And it was uh, it was Yazviak who ends up getting the goal for them, the number seven, and he was <laughs> phenomenal in this game. And he's been phenomenal all year long for them. He is their kind of left or right uh, winger, depending on kind of what they need that day, and I would kind of say he's their star player uh, for this season so far. Maybe Charlotte FC fans will disagree, but Yazviak is an incredible player, and then they have their goalkeeper who isn't too bad, uh, uh, Ka- uh, Kalina. Kalina. There we go. We got there. Um, <laughs> you know, he plays really, really well, 
And that's something that Legion fans need to be a little bit concerned about because just like everybody, a good goalkeeper is a great neutralizer, right? And their back line has been okay. And as for the back line, because this is where Legion really need to be looking at attacking, exploiting. They have Brine. They have uh, uh, Skobosinski. I believe it's how it's pronounced, the number two. Uh, Melanda and they have Lindsay. That's their 14, number 2, 29, and 24, respectively. And then they have a Hamadi Jop. Uh, it's not that Jop. Uh, that's Mackie Jop, not that one. <laughs> um, but they play this really interesting, uh, I guess, form of attack, which might remind you of old Legion teams. Um, they play with a lot of inverted wingers. So. They got a, a full, and then they got Jop, and they got Lindsay, and they will play this inverted wing back situation where they are cutting up the field, and then they get super narrow. So they're cutting inside. So remember how Johnny Dean would play, where uh, where Marlon Santos would be out on the right side, and Marlon would run to the corner flag, and Johnny Dean on the right side would cut inside, and then he would pass to him. That's a bit of what we're seeing. And they would have Gaines the second, uh, who is the the 17, and uh, Mariam, I think it's Maram. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. They Those are the guys that kind of get out of the way and for these players and uh, open up the space. There's also um, their midfielder, um, Bron- uh, Broniso, Broniso, I believe it's pronounced. Um, he's a really solid midfielder who can move from this de- deep-lying midfielder to kind of a chance creator. And I'm saying all this because I don't know what it's going to look like. And this is a bunch of speculation because we don't know how seriously... Uh, Charlotte FC is going to take um, Birmingham Legion. When they took on a Tormenta, it was a fairly rotated side. It wasn't massively rotated, but I mean, they still put out a second best lineup. You know, they had Lindsay, they had Melanda in that uh, line. Uh, they had a uh, Skobolsinski, Skobolkinski. He's a Polish name, and Polish name scares me. Um, uh, Bronicio, uh is in this match. Uh, 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 I pronounced his name earlier, and I've messed it up. Yazviak, Yazviak. They're number seven. He was in that starting eleven. So they're taking this match. They're taking these matches fairly seriously, and. I was kind of looking at, well, what? let's say maybe they do call up some of the kids from what their two-team, uh, Charlotte FC2, also known as Crown Legacy, which if you're a NISA fan, you would know them from playing at the quote-unquote Stumpplex from Stumptown FC. Um, and this is kind of what I joked about on Twitter as being Stumptown 3.0. And um, this team, they play so different. And this this normal Charlotte FC team comes out in this four two three one 
four one three uh sorry four one three two or a four one four one it's a very flexible system but they're always a four at the back and those wingers or those wing backs always cut inside they are always going for the underlap and their wingers are looking for that overlap right but this crown legacy is very different they play a three at the back of the system where they will go three four three they will go uh five four one and if you're a legion you're going uh-oh 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 we don't do well against three man back lines and i think where if you're a legion you're going to say hey it's okay we're fine is because they don't typically play that system and judging by how little they rotate the team against tormenta it would tell me that they are not going to play that system against legion but it's something to know that they have it in their back pocket so whenever I'm kind of breaking down these matches, just kind of know that I'm looking at this from the at lead or this uh, Charlotte FC proper, right? The the one team. But if there are players that they're going to be calling up, and he's kind of a guy. I mean, Subo Subo Kinski Sinski. Polish names scare me, man. <laughs> um, he's a guy that came up from Crown Legacy. Um, Cambridge, who I like this Cambridge guy. He is a right-sided player. He kind of plays uh, right midfield, uh, right winger, and he's really good, man. He is really good. He's gotten just a baby hair of MLS time, but he's been tearing it up at the uh, Crown Legacy uh, MLS Next Pro level. So if you're looking at that right-hand side, who would they be going against? That'd be Moses Mensa or that would be your Gabriel Alves. Frankly, this Crown Legacy team and a bit of um, the uh, Charlotte FC team, what I'm worried about is their strengths seem to go right towards our weaknesses. And what I mean by that is they have players that are really good out wide and those players out wide they will be going against colin smith they'll be going against gabriel alvis moses mensa and i don't mean at all that gabriel alvis and moses mensa and colin smith um, are exactly weak spots but they have been used to exploit this team in the past and while i think legion love them for their offensive capability and as they should, I think a match like this, I would rather have Jake Roof starting. I think a Jake Roof sitting a little bit deeper does something really well for this team, especially against a team that's going to need a little bit more help. Uh, Enzo uh, Copetti, I think it's Copetti. Uh, he's from Argentina. He is a really good player uh, already with four goals in this season. And... He will go a full 90, and he's also not afraid to get you know his cleats dirty a little bit. He he plays hard. He already has five yellow cards on the season. He does not care about your feelings. He does not care at all. And against New York, he gets a brace. You know, against uh, against Orlando City, he gets his goal. Against St. Louis, he was the lone goal scorer, and he's just a really really good player. And I really like watching him play, and he's absolutely their key player. There's no question about it. He is their best player, and it's not really that shocking. He's really good. Um, 
the one thing from him though is that you don't really see a lot of the passing, I guess, from him. So he really is your true out and out forward. But Legion have handled that guy well before. Think about Philip Goodrun. Think about Nico Brett um, just a couple years ago. Uh, Russell Cicerone, whenever he was playing up top for Pittsburgh. Um, I'm trying to think of the other prolific goal scorers around the league. I mean, Cam Lancaster, Wilson Harris, those are guys that have never really beaten Legion before. Because when there is a guy up top and when uh, Charlotte FC plays this 4-1-4-1, they can afford to just man mark the crap out of that guy say hey fanny you go one-on-one with enzo uh, capetti and let him go like we are going to lock this guy down which is why i'm putting so much emphasis on these wing players for charlotte is because i will enzo get a goal maybe i mean he very well could um, not our Enzo, that's Enzo Martinez, obviously. But Capetti, he might get his goal. He's a really good goal scorer. But if I'm Legion, I'm not as much worried about him as I am uh, Marem, or if I am uh, uh, as I am uh, Yazviak. And these are the guys that I'm worried about. And it comes entirely down to the fact that I trust Legion to shut down your prolific goal scorer. I do. But when they go to this uh, 4-2-3-1, which Legion are really good at, you know, you see this uh, Miriam, you see Gaines, and you see, like I said, Yazviak. Uh, you get these guys who are really good at exploiting spaces, and I think that it could create some trouble for Legion. But where I want to throw this out there is just the fact that, hey, this team is good this legion team is really good where we have a tyler pasher a prosper kasim we have the one agadellos the nico bretts if he's healthy um you know we have those guys obviously enzo martinez we have those guys who i think that if you're if you're legion you're saying hey we can take it to them our attack can beat their defense because I think there's too much talent on this attack to be completely shut out. I do, especially if they're going to be going with the four-man back line and they're not bringing up a heavily rotated team. I genuinely mean that. The question is, is can the wing players be stopped? Miriam is, a, like I said, good player. Two goals already this season. Uh, Vargas already has two goals this season. Swiderski, who is another wide player who... A lot of Charlotte fans thinks is kind of the guy there. He is definitely a fan favorite. He's already got his three goals on the season. And I'm saying all that is because while uh, Enzo uh, Copetti is a really, really good player, I also think that these wide areas are going to be where Legion might struggle. So what can you expect? This is a team in Charlotte that will give you possession. They don't like having possession, sound familiar, and they press the crap out of you when they get a chance. Matches where maybe they don't hold on to the ball as much, they want to counterpress. That said, matches where they hold on to possession, matches where they are the ones having to force the issue, the ones where they are in control of the match, I usually it doesn't go as well. I mean, look at DC United, right? And this DC United match, 
uh, Charlotte had almost 60% of the ball, and they only had one shot on goal out of seven shots. They did nothing with the ball. Whenever you look at matches like their Colorado or the Colorado Rapids, excuse me, I also said Colorado Springs, they had they got two goals out of it, but you would think everything considered that they dominated this match. Matches against Real Salt Lake, where they had almost sixty percent of the ball yet again, lost by two goals. If you look at earlier this year, they had fifty six percent of the ball. It was still a two 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 draw. Matches where they hold on to the ball. They straight up don't win. They just don't. So if I'm Legion, I am getting away. I am doing as much counterattacking as I can and saying, hey, we are going to let you have the ball. Because Charlotte has shown when they hold on to the ball, when they are the ones that are forced to uh, have the play, be able to want to dictate the tempo, it doesn't work. And that plays perfectly into Legion's hands because they are such a counterattacking team. And if you're Charlotte, you're saying, we are the higher level team. We are the upper level. We are MLS. We have to dominate this match. We cannot be dominated. That plays straight into Legion's hands. And I think that, especially guys like Enzo, we have guys like... Uh, Nico, we have guys like Juan. We have, you know, Tyler Pasher, your Prosper Kasims. I'm naming a lot of guys that you already know, but they are perfect for counterattacking. And for Juan, he's a guy that can hold up the ball and allow somebody else to make a run. It's starting to look really good when it works. And I think that this place, this match, is the perfect dream match for Legion. Not only are Charlotte admittedly not the best team in MLS this year that if you're looking for a team that you want to play Charlotte was probably the easiest match I also think it's the best matchup for Legion meanwhile teams like uh, Nashville or like Inter Miami I think that Legion have a harder time beating those teams not because they're necessarily better but their matchup is just not good for them Legion matches up really well against Charlotte FC, assuming they don't go with like Crown Legacy, the academy team, and go with a three-man backline. But even so, I think the width that they show, Legion could exploit that pretty well. This match, I am weirdly hopeful and weirdly optimistic for. I think that Legion really could do a number in this one. And what that really means, how much success... Does that really mean? I don't know. I don't know if that means we exactly win this match. But, you know, I think they have the players to do it. And I say that they don't have that kind of, uh, you know, Charlotte doesn't have the, doesn't normally do the three-man back line. But they can. Uh, uh, Sabosinski, uh, Kinski, uh, he, his name freaks me out. Um, <laughs> they're number two. Um, they can put him out there. They can put uh, Jones back there. They can do uh, Byron, um, burn, burn. Um, <laughs> you know, they can make a three-man back line with the number two, the number twenty, the number fourteen, and they can put Jop, not that Mackie, not that not Mackie Jop, uh, their other Jop, <laughs> and Lindsay. They can put them on wing back, and they can sit in pretty deep. So if Charlotte's done their re done their research, maybe this is what they do. Maybe they start with a three-man back line and say, "Hey, it may look more defensive, but it will win this match." 
And it very well could be the case. This very well may be what they do. But if we're sticking with what we know, what we know Charlotte normally does, they like to stick with this four-man back line. Just because they can go to a three-man back line doesn't mean they will. And a part of the reason they went to that three-man back line is because they were winning the match and they wanted to hold on against New York City. That was that match. Um, you know, Around the 70th minute, they decided, hey, we're going to go pretty defensive and just hold on for our lives. They... Will Legion do that to them? Will they be holding that lead? Maybe. But they also did it whenever they played against uh, Colorado Rapids, where at the very end of the match, about, hey, uh, it was about 75 minutes to go, they uh, they brought in their number 6, their number 29, their number 14, and they said, hey, we're going to ask you to play a three-man back line. And that's just what they did. And... It, they can. They can go to it, but I wouldn't bet on it because if Legion are going to be doing this, in order for Charlotte to bring out that three- to five-man back line, Charlotte needs to be winning this match. And that is possible, and that's kind of what I'm worried about. I think that if Charlotte has the lead and, you know, with 70 minutes in with only 20 minutes to go and they have the lead, it will have to take a moment of brilliance from Legion to break that down because I think they will go to that three-man back line. But if Legion can keep it close, if they can keep it nil-nil, 1-1, or even have the lead, Legion, I would back to win it because they have the players to do it and Charlotte's weaknesses are Legion's strengths. So... Look, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm not because it's a it's it's MLS in the end, right? Where you could have a 5-1 loss for Legion. But we've also seen this Legion team take it to Atlanta United back in 2020 where they drew 3-3 against Atlanta United who was playing their best 11 because it was their final friendly. Their best 11 against that Legion team, that 2020 Legion team, which frankly this team is better than a lot better than anything can happen. And that's a part of the magic of the cup, right? And this is a part of the reason why this is so important. And I wrote this article. So if you want to check it out, um, I wrote this article and it was talking about how uh, this match is or why Legion needed the U.S. Open Cup run more than ever. This is the first time since 2019 that Legion will have an uninterrupted season at home. In 2019, the team wasn't that great, so people stopped coming. 2020, the team was pretty good, but <laughs> there was a pandemic going on and people didn't come. In 2021, matches were delayed and matches were postponed, plus there was a virus going around because, I mean, that was still happening. And BBVA just straight up went and drain, and matches were delayed and postponed. People stopped coming. In 2022, the team was really, really good, but USFL and the World Games pushed out Legion, and they had to go on this massive road trip. This year, no World Games. You know, knock on wood. <laughs> sorry if you have a dog and you're listening to that. If they just started barking because you listened to this out loud, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but knock on wood, there's no worldwide pandemic going on. This is the perfect kickoff. And I understand that graduation's happening on that night or the next night. But if you can swing it, this is probably one of the biggest moments in Birmingham sports history. 
at the very least buy the ticket and donate to somebody else, give it to somebody else. It's going to be worth it. Trust me. Get out there. You need to get to Protective Stadium because there will be people who go to a Legion match for the first time ever because MLS is in town and just see how good of a team and how good of an atmosphere it can be. We all know what Legion can be. We saw glimpses of it. We've seen it. We know the passion. Now let's show it to the rest of Birmingham. Let's get them out to Protective Stadium. And let's have a blast. Win, lose, or draw. This match is one of the biggest in Birmingham sports history, and you need to be there. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much. I think I will have another uh, pre-recorded video for Detroit City, which should be coming out in on Thursday, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for supporting. Until next time, guys, keep hammering on.